This is No Spoon Podcast. I'm your host, Red Pilche. Welcome, everybody, back to the next episode of the Red of the No Spoon Podcast. Um, today, this is our conversation uh, portion of the show and what we do. And we talk to different people with different points of view. Um, but it's still the same disclaimer I'm going to put out there before everything. Uh, I want um, you to know as the listener, as the viewer, that this is a place of um, learning. We're trying to get the truth. So I come to this place as a student. I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to know a whole lot. I just, I'm here as a student, just like you. So we, we come here with that understanding that not everybody, not everyone knows everything, but everyone knows something and we have something to contribute. But today we have a, uh, our guest is a um, firearms trainer. He is a uh, um, educator. He is a, uh, he's not a victim. And that's the, that's the number one thing that I got from following this guy from for a while is that he, he showed that through education and through knowledge and through self-empowerment, you can achieve freedom. And so we have from um, No Other Choice, Kevin K.D. Dixie, welcome you to the show. Oh, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on this evening. Love that intro, by the way, man. It is solid. Well, a way to be be humble and open for a conversation. That, perfect, dude. You can teach some, um, some big networks that. Well, you know, you, every everybody, everybody, and you, and you know this on social media, especially with social media nowadays, everybody's an expert on on everything. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> if you let them tell it, they could be the president. They're better than Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? LeBron James is garbage because they can ball, and so <laughs> they. they <laughs> yeah, and if and if it was me in every scenario, they was the hero. You know what I mean? So, I'm just. Right. Look, I'm a student, man, so I'm here to learn, and I've learned from people, you know, following people like you and people, you know, in that community, and 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 that kind of gave me more of a, a of a foundation. So, you know, I'm appreciative, and it's 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 an honor to have you here, bro. No, nah, man, the pleasure's all mine, brother. I appreciate your time, and uh, let me share my thoughts and opinions with your audience. Yeah, all the time. Uh, so first of all, tell tell us about what you do, so my audience can kind of get an understanding. If they don't know who you are, get familiar, and then we'll get into some some topics, and we'll get we'll get into the good stuff that's going on because you happen to come on on the right, you know, the right time of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of good to get rescheduled, huh? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of works. Well, my name is uh, as as our gracious host uh, said, my name is. Uh, Kevin Dixie, everybody calls me Katie. I'm a real casual, laid back kind of guy. So everybody calls me Katie. I am um, a firearms instructor. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised. I've recently, mid last year, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, or the surrounding areas, if you will. Uh, but I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, in a neighborhood called Walnut Park. So I'm from one of the nation's worst cities, and I'm from the worst area in that city, uh, born and raised. I am also a, a community activist, if you will, and a civil rights advocate. I've been doing that in my own little elementary just trying to figure it out ways since I was 15 years old, trying to encourage and enlighten people and get them uh, kind of free in the mind, uh, become critical thinkers so we can break away from the constraints of the hood, if you will, right? From the mental constraints and the physical ones um, and deal with the uh, societal impacts, how those things have affected us and we can push and move forward. Um, so I started a program called Aiming for the Truth. That program is a community outreach program that is centered around targeting the things that cause violence and killing those things at its roots. For example, we send our men and women over overseas to fight a battle. They come back, let's say in four years, maybe even eight years, they come back. There's this uh, condition called PTSD. I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of, right? Uh, because they've seen things that are unnatural. Well, if you can say that America, if we've lost more people just in the city of Chicago, for example, than we have in active wars, then what are the people that live there for four, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? 
What about their trauma, right? So uh, to really be able to deal with that, uh, the mental aspect of things and help people heal from that, uh, literacy skills, em uh, employment skills, making it cool to be intelligent, uh, putting dads back into the household. You know, I think uh, currently today we put roughly 120 fathers back into the lives of their children and gave them the skill sets to do that so we can stop having children out here that are fatherless that causes all kinds of other problems, right? Um, and kind of start snapping those generational curses. Um, and an empowerment and freedom and constitutional education, because once we show you and help you establish the, the equity or value in your life, then you need to understand how the, the Second Amendment helps protect that equity. One thing I always hated was, oh, let's go work hard, let's be doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, star athletes, entertainers, whatever the thing is, and you build all that on a country you say is, is, is quick to take it from you and not give you equal opportunity and rights, and then you cast aside the one freedom that allows you to physically protect it. Like, it just never made sense to me. So understanding how the Second Amendment and just a good general knowledge of the Constitution can help you how you apply and secure your life or build things better if you see a fault or an issue with the Constitution. Maybe it's something it doesn't cover. Maybe it's something you think can be better, right? So it gives you a guideline to go out and fight to protect and secure your lifestyle, the lifestyle that you build for. Um, I spent 10 years with the St. Louis City Police Department in the Prisoner Processing Division. So I've been on, a, if you will, both sides of it. I've been on the law enforcement side of things and I've been on the, I mean, I was a product of the hood. I, I, it is what it is, right? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like people say that. To me, it's, you can still be just as great and just as inspiring as anybody else in the world. Um, so I've, I've seen both sides of the fence to a degree when it comes to that. And um, other than that, man, that's what I do. I travel the country. I have a privilege of traveling the country, talking to Americans um, of, of different genres, different races, different backgrounds, different beliefs. Um, since I don't have a political affiliation, I'm welcome in almost any room. And I go in these rooms and I share my story. It's taken me from, humbly, it's taken me from a, a kid standing on the corner on the block, man, to uh, standing on Capitol Hill with the same view that Martin Luther King had given a speech. And and then I look up and I see my face on the cover of Time magazine. So I'm just a humble kid from the hood trying to make a difference. So ultimately, that's who I am. And that's what's up, man. And, and, and you know, I, I think, and, and, and I talk a lot about it with, with my platform, and it's, you know, it's it's a humble platform, but I think the main thing is, you know, we see so much unrest going on nowadays, and and there's so many people that it's like, what do you expect to happen when you neglect a certain element of society? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, I... I I, I've been watching, and 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 we'll talk a little bit about the current events that's been going on. But I but I've been noticing something as with with you because I think you put it on, you had it on your Instagram page, that it's almost like if you take a certain side, then we're already going to pin you into being over here. So, for example, if you say, "Hey, that censorship of the president is bad," well, you're a Trump supporter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, how do you how do you like? How do you mean? I mean, I mean, it's no secret. The Second Amendment is not something that the left is 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 uh, too fond of. So when you have that stance as being a Second Amendment guy, it kind of puts you into that box. How do you kind of deal with that, you know, on a daily basis? Well, you know, man, when it comes down to gun rights, one first thing I had to do and I've mm -hmm. done this uh, uh, years ago. And it wasn't bad within me. Like, I've never been a person that really judged gun rights first, left or right, really, because I've seen plenty of politicians on the right do horrible stuff. But we do know that the void, the left has the loudest voice when it comes to saying what they want to do. They're, they're people that identify as 
Democrat or leftists that self-identify that way are normally louder about what they want. Then you have states like California, New York, you know, things like that. So definitely evidence to support um, kind of that political party's ill will for the Second Amendment, if you will. But I've also met, uh, for example, a club, the Liberal Gun Club or Liberal Gun, liberal gun Owners, right? Mm -hmm. They're liberal by identity, but they are no compromise, like no compromise when it comes to 2A. They want anything and everything off the NFA. They want all the mags. They want all the guns. They're all about the 2A. They just happen to identify as liberal. So when it came down to gun rights, I had to also make sure I self-checked, right? To say, mm -hmm. hey, because I've been invited out with these individuals, I've hung out with them. They've flown me to their conventions and asked me to be a guest speaker. And I spent the weekend with them and really got to know them. And I mean, they're not pretending like these people really love their firearms. Right. So right. it's kind of like, all right, let's self-check because I understand that there are other people out there that feel the same way. Even when you go back to, uh, you know, like Maya bringing it, I know you shared a little bit about yours. When you go back to that, how many people might identify because of their family or whatever? Uh, they might identify with leftist views or leftist politicians. I'm sorry about that. But they they actually enjoy the freedom of owning a gun. Right. right. So I tell people all the time, like if you say the hood is going to be a mostly left because uh, I, I have a, a, a slogan that you're born democratic. Right. When you're born in a, in poor environments. Right. You're just kind of born democratic. Right. However, you can't go one block on in, in any any urban environment in this country and I'll be able to get 30, 40 guns off of one block. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I just always came to the understanding that the gun or gun rights for those reasons should not be political. They shouldn't even be a part of the political conversation because they are bipartisan and mm -hmm. it's a freedom that every American should enjoy. So when I look at people um, that attack me, if I say something, you know, being a, a guy that is a gun owner and is, 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 I want, I don't want to see any gun laws. I don't like gun laws. I just don't. So right. when I see somebody, um, if I give an opinion and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's a leftist view. I automatically dismiss it that I'm engaging with an idiot. I'm engaging <laughs> with somebody that, that didn't employ critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. um, they are looking for somebody. They're hunting for confirmation bias and they just want you to say, what they want you to say and how they want you to say it. And the crazy part is that's also the same people that scream about freedom. So you're only free or you only celebrate freedom when your freedom echoes what I feel. The moment you don't do that, you're anti-freedom. And I'm like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Even if we're saying the same right. thing, I just say it a different way, you know? So I've always just casted those people to the side. I am a gun owner. I don't look at people that are left or right and think that they are anti-gun or pro-gun until they tell me. And once they tell me we, we identify uh, correctly, because, for example, we go, OK, there are granted there are a whole lot of people on the left, uh, big and small, that are definitely anti-gun. Right. Joe Biden being one of them. Right. <laughs> well, what did Trump do when it came to gun rights? Well, yeah, he was he wasn't all the best, you know, especially when it came to the bump stocks and all that. See what I'm yeah. saying Ronald Reagan celebrated a Republican president. Right. The Mulford Act that everybody wants to talk about with the Black Panthers were who gave the directive to write the bill. Yeah, that was Reagan. That right. was Reagan. You know, 85, the reason why you can't order get a, a safety select, I mean, sorry, a, a Google, a giggle switch on your gun right now. Well, who who did that? Yeah, it was Reagan, right? Yeah. So, hey man, I, so for me, I know it's a long answer to your question. I'm sorry about that, but I just, oh. I kind of sit in the middle and 
And when it comes to gun rights, it's like, yo, it shouldn't even be, uh, it should be bipartisan. It should be something that everybody is behind. And I like to sit here because I can call both parties out on their BS. Republicans out on their BS are supposed to be these no compromise, own guns and, you know, cold dead hand politicians that are not what they seem to be. And then make sure that I am not uh, yelling and coming down on somebody that might identify as left, but it's actually pro gun. And I don't mean I don't like the pro gun, but I'm Second Amendment, but that no, you're not. I don't yeah, I'm not yeah, dealing yeah. with that. But but ones that are really like, yo, I don't support gun control or gun laws, like period. Then I, I don't want to alienate them and make them an enemy either. I want to actually be able to bring them into the fold for they can go educate their party, right? So that's kind of where I sit at with it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just so you know we're living in a time, and you keep bringing up this term critical thinking, and that seems to be what's you know it. How can I say this? It's like I'm seeing so many cookie cutter responses to every. You know what I mean? It's like you question something, and it's it's they have a response. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. Well, you know, you know, your part of the problem is one of the biggest responses. Anytime they say you say something that person disagrees with, then you become part of the problem. And it's so, you know, navigating through this the way the world is now. I mean, it's like how do you how do you how 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 does that I mean, how do we engage this critical thinking? And I know you're doing a lot with your program, but what is what is what is it that you want to people to to wake up within their minds to say Let's let's start looking at things. Let's start looking at things objectively. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good question, man. The first thing I tell everybody to do, myself included, is to cast aside your bias. Right? You, and it's something that takes practice, and you have, but you have to do it. So, if I am going to come up, let's just say I'm going to argue a point, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that point is, I'm going to. This is a point I'm going to stand on. I'm going to argue this point. What I do and what has helped me is that I say, okay. Let me go purposely seek out an objection to this point. True. I'll go look for it, yeah. not to argue it, to read it, digest it, and understand it. Because I want to make sure that I can defeat what it's bringing to the table, right? Or I have, I can understand why it's critical of how I feel, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that brings me to a, well, I need to sit back and I need to reevaluate this entire thing, right? Because now I'm learning new information. And sometimes it just confirms that okay, what I thought and what I researched was correct. And by doing that, I'm able to come to the table and say, I have researched and I've thought about this. I have thought this through. I've looked at both sides of the aisle or all four angles if people wanna come from that direction. And this is the conclusion I'm coming up with. And that's how I would recommend everybody start. But you know, I gotta be honest with you, man. The reason why that's hard is not because people are really idiots and they can't comprehend stuff. Their problem is they don't want to engage. Everybody wants to educate, but nobody wants to go to college. Like everybody wants to be the professor, but nobody right. ever wants to be the student. They just want to tell you something. And, and people believe that somebody correcting you or somebody having an opposing view for you is the equivalent of getting punched in the face. And really it's not, you know? So you got to cast aside your bias. You have to understand that you might have a bias. Research both sides of whatever issue that you're trying to, you know, stand on. And even after you research it, still be open, like really be open to understanding the the, the, the angle that somebody else is coming from. Doesn't mean you're going to agree with them. But if you can give people validity in what they say, if you're trying to have a mature discussion and I disagree with you, 
but I'm letting you know that I do value your time. I value your words. You're going to, it's going to, you're going to have a harder time taking it personal. It's going to be like, all right, we disagree. And then we can get to the points and the nuances of things, but that's how I would do it. But, and another thing to the people that are sharing information, whether you have a platform like the one we're on now, or whether you're just somebody that goes in and you comment to, to you know, to try to charge people up and get them thinking, don't give up, you know, because they will try to tell you, Oh, I'm going to unfollow you and I'm going to tell people not to support you. Okay. Right. You know, so don't give up because that's the only way we're going to learn if we push through um, ignorance. It's the only way we're going to learn. Right. And, you know, that that's that that's such a good way of looking at it as far as the critical thinking. I, I like to always look at and say, like, before I make a comment on something, I want to check myself. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, um, you know, the candidate you support is supporting, uh, you know, like we we talk we talking about two way. He's 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 a stricter on gun laws, but yet my candidate did different things and I didn't say nothing. So I always try to like check myself uh-huh. and say, wait a minute here. If if I don't if I support, I mean, there, we we just seen an event take place this past week, and everybody has it's almost you know everybody has amnesia to their past actions and i'm i'm not talking i'm talking both sides you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. both sides are like oh we would never do that and it's like we just saw you we just saw that you know it's like <laughs> what's 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 your what's your take on what took place uh wednesday and, and is um, it, and let me let me ask you this is is it is is it as big a deal as you know, as they're making it out to be, I mean, obviously people ran up in the cap capital, however you want to look at it, however, but I mean, is it what, I mean, what, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, is it a big deal to me? Yeah, it's, it's a big deal uh, because it's, it's historical. Either way you look at it, it's going to go down in the history books uh, as what it was. Right. And it'd be interesting to see how that's written because we'll be, Hopefully we'll still be around to be able to read the book and be like, is that what I remember? You know, um, Hopefully we're allowed to have books at that time, but. Oh man, you, whew, that's a whole, oh God. <laughs> but you know, I'm looking at it. So I have to look and see what happened and what transpired, right? So we're looking at uh, a vote that's gonna be confirmed, you know, to go from president elect to the next president of the United States, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And they're there to confirm the vote, right? So you gotta look at the setup. One. Okay, voter fraud. Do I believe there is voter fraud? Yes. Do I believe voter fraud exists in every election? Yeah. I don't think it was just this one. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. No doubt. So yeah, it played a part. Now, how you want to measure that, bigger, smaller, whatever, it did play a part. Cool, but it plays a part in every election. It's not fair. It sucks. It actually is actually discouraging the people to vote and trust the system. Totally True. get it. Agree with it. But uh, you know, we had President Trump, who. This is where I become, I, I'm, I'm like I'm a, like a hypocrite with this, or I look at it from two different ways. I'm not necessarily a hypocrite. He says some things that I don't think that somebody sitting in a presidency should say. You don't tell people show up and go wild. Don't say right. that, right? You just don't say that. Um, mm-hmm. No different than the the, the 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 House representative, I believe it was out of Detroit, and I posted her on my page as well. And she was a Democratic representative. And she did receive some pretty uh, distasteful and racist voicemails. Oh, yeah, um, yes, remember that? And she mm-hmm. said, hey, to my soldiers, be ready, yeah. be smart. I called her out. I'm like, yeah, I get it. The racist idiots on the phone suck. But they also didn't identify themselves, right? We don't know who they are. You know, I'm pretty sure they can investigate and find out. But you just issued a blanket statement, like, to a whole demographic of people, which is not cool. 
And, you know, you called on your soldiers to be smart and be ready. Like, you can't have politicians doing that. I don't care who you are. Right. right? Yeah. So just like I can call her out and she's a Democrat, I can call him out, <laughs> you know. Right, and right. yeah, so I think that was that was irresponsible. Now, here's the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. You adults. That, grown, that man can't make you do nothing. He right. can't make you do nothing. He said something. Because then he'll be able to say, I meant just go wild and come make noise. I didn't mean like going and dang on building, and which he never said that. So we gotta, you know, be careful mm-hmm. with that. He didn't say that. He just said show up and go wild. So you can interpret that however you want to. But if your grown self interpreted that, like, okay, let's go storm this federal building, all right, you as an adult have to be accountable for that. Period. Like, no, no, I don't put that on him to make sure that adults uh behave themselves. No different. Maxine Waters call for people to start harassing politicians when they're out with their families eating meals and whatever, whatever, right? She mm-hmm. was also wrong. Like, we just shouldn't do that. But the adults are responsible for how they conduct themselves. That being said, we get to the, the siege on the Capitol. Um, it was... Duality kicked in once again, right? Because there's a part of me that's like, politicians should not be comfortable peddling in our lives. They should not be comfortable doing just whatever they want to, passing whatever they want to, ignoring the voice of the people, forgetting that, you know, know, we are the constituents, we hired them. Um, They shouldn't forget that. You know, they need to understand that there are consequences for overreach and consequences for your actions, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what that level of consequence, it depends on the level of offense, right? But, you know, yeah, there should be a consequence for it. And then when I look at it and I see it happening, it's like, okay, but what are we... What, what, are, what are you there for, right? And the main focus was the vote, right? And there's probably some other frustrations, but the main focus was the vote. So I'm like, all right, so now we're going to take over the Capitol because we don't believe that a vote, because the only way you're going to say that it wasn't rigged at this point is if it goes in your favor. It's the only way it's not rigged, right? True. Then the other side is going to say it's rigged, and then they get to you know act out the same way. So I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't think this is... Um, the hill to die on, so to speak, right? No pun intended. I don't think this is the hill to die on. Um, and I, I, I was standing out protesting, making your voice be heard, absolutely. Storm the building, then you storm the building with no plan, right? So as a buddy of mine that I was talking to said, it's kind of like the dog that chases, uh, chases the car, but when he gets the car, he doesn't know what to do with it. It's kind of like, yeah, like you, 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 you stormed into the building and got it and like, oh, hey, let's go take some pictures. You know, like it wasn't like a plan, because when you look at it from a strategic standpoint, if you ever talk about taking over Capitol Hill again, let's just say for a reason every American agrees with. Right. Mm -hmm. Then don't you think they learned from this breach? True. That building is going to be a little difficult. Yeah. As as well as all the other buildings. And, and, you know, and that's and that's my thing is like, you know. You store. And I've been listen. I've been in situations. I was at a I was at a locked anti lockdown rally um, uh, a few weeks ago, or actually a little longer than that. Um, and it was like, hold on, something's going on here with my email here. But um, and you know, people people were doing things that I was like, what's your end game? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you at these rallies, people got other side, people got something to say. And you running up and and I'm like, okay, then when you get to the car, what are you guys gonna yell at each other? I mean, I don't and then we're we're like you said, we're adults. Like if, if I don't care what you support, I don't care what you what, what you disagree with, 
but I'm not going to yell at you. You know what I mean? And sit here and and and, and trade insults with you back and forth or do do t- those type of things. And it's kind of like, you know, I looked at that situation and the first thing that I said is, is, but these are the supposed to be the, you know, the two way gun people. And then, and you ran up in there with no guns. I mean, if this was an insurrection and this was a planned thing, I'm like, what, what, what were you going to do when you got there? Because they got guns and they're coming. So it's kind of like, I always look at some of these people with these kind of, kind of fantastic ideas. And I'm like, Okay, but then what? You know what I mean? Like this is not the movies, and 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 that's kind of the thing that I see coming. Honestly, with a lot of conservatives, is that you know they're they're coming for them, and a lot of these conservatives that are getting riled up aren't used to this. You know what I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. I, I'm talking to a couple of people, and I'm saying, you know, you're talking a lot of the, the things that you're talking. They might be noble, they might be honorable in your mind, but it's a crime, and if you start talking about these crimes, you become a criminal. And if you don't know how to think like a criminal, you're going to have a hard time trying to get some of these things across. I don't, you, I don't know if I'm making sense, but oh, you I, are. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I see, but I, I'm telling you from experience, I see this, I see the rhetoric, I see the let's fight, let's go out there. And I'm, I'm wondering if some of these people really understand that. And I, I mean, you and I talked and you know, my background, I, I was in prison, I was incarcerated and all that. And it's kind of like, I'm seeing people do things and I'm like, I don't know if you really understand what you're getting yourself into. I don't I don't think the MAGA crowd really understands what's coming. You know what I mean? If, especially if they want to take things like they did on Wednesday. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah, I think that um, I, I don't I don't. I don't understand, you know. To make it that far and not have a plan, I think we, we said that also. There's a flip side of me, though, that it's like, OK. Here comes the hypocrisy. Because mm-hmm. let's get this straight. You, you storm this building, okay? Mm-hmm. You had to make it through blue lives at, at all points. Now, some of the cops just graciously open the gates and let you through, and some of them fought you, right? Mm-hmm. But either way, you had to fight. Then people are like, well, there were Antifa. All them people went Antifa, homie. Don't miss me with that. Were, were there probably some Antifa agitators? Sure, why wouldn't they be? I would have. If I'm trying right. to destroy you and make you look horrible, sure, it'd be three or four, five, ten, whatever. That was a lot of folks, and all them went Antifa. Miss me with that, all right? Yeah. So, and once again, back to the being a dope. Well, they were the agitators. Well, if you were an adult, you you don't follow the lead of that idiot, right? If that's the case. <laughs> so, you get there, um, and let's talk about the cops for a minute. These are Capitol Police officers, most of them, Capitol Police officers that are doing their job. Like, literally, they stay at a building, pretty much, right? That's what they do. Right. And you, you know, you accosted him, right, to get your way into the building. You caused one to die, right, who died of his wounds. Right. And there is video now of that beating. Right? Yeah, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And then you see his, his, he was unconscious at the time, but you see him laying on the steps with all the people standing around him. So I'm like, okay, pause right there. Now we have an American law enforcement officer laying on the ground. When you start looking at all these BLM riots, right? One, they were definitely infiltrated by Antifa. Oh. You want to tell you how, how the hell is it a Black Lives uh, Black Lives Matter rally and only ten percent of most of the crowds are black? <laughs> like you clearly oh, yeah. know that they've been infiltrated, and you see, you saw the busloads of people being dropped off with the signs. 
You had corporations literally publicly, like Levi, paying their employees to go protest. Like you had all these things happening. But okay, the riots happened. How many, and I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong because I know a lot of police were hurt. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall one cop being killed during the riots. Not that I remember. I could be wrong. There's a lot of news out there. No. Um, but in that no, situation, I, you had this. Yeah. I don't. I remember there was the off-duty one that got killed in uh, I, David Dorn. I, I just remember his name. I don't remember. He was one that was defending. Oh, well, they, yeah, David Dorn was a captain of my PD actually uh, right. in St. Louis. Okay, and yeah. David Dorn was killed uh, during. Uh, he was retired. He was doing uh, security. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah, doing that security, uh, that was so that was it was a riot. It was definitely part of the riot. So it was part of the chaos. But those individuals went a couple of blocks away from the riots to break into a jewelry store. Right. Just yeah. to take advantage of uh, to rob it. And they ran into him and unfortunately uh, decided to uh, take uh, Officer Captain Dorn's uh, life, which was unfortunate. Right. Captain Dorn was a really, really nice guy. Um but yeah, that that definitely that definitely did happen. That one happened. When we are looking at the the issue of Americans saying, and I'm not talking about BLM the organization. Don't get me started on them. I don't like yeah. them. Right. But right. the sentiment of BLM, the the sent the people, like what they believe in, the sentiment of the people is valid, right? So when you are looking at them and you're casting them out and you start saying things like this. Just comply. Not that it might apply to some situations, but not all. Just comply. Just mm-hmm. do what they say. Obey the law. Don't resist. Don't fight the police. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'm like, all right. Then you're over here looking at the Capitol like, hmm. Right. Why didn't you comply when they told you don't proceed further? Why did you fight the police? Why did you resist the police? Why did you kill a cop? Right. So that's where the hypocrisy starts coming out. And then what they justify with is the fact that, well, they were fighting against the government. So then my question becomes, okay, so is the only time that cops can be the armed force of treason is when it comes to voting rights or gun rights. So Mm -hmm. everything else these other communities are saying, the cops can't be treasonous in that situation, even though the right side says that the left side or the true racism have been raining down tyranny on urban communities for 60 years, right? So if the politician is racist and crooked and anti-American, aren't there policies? So if their policies are, and they've had 60 years plus to develop these policies, and we have a law enforcement branch that is enforcing these policies, police enforce the policy, right? right? That are enforcing those policies. And then when you get big injections to the vein, like the 1994 crime bill that everybody wants to cite Joe Biden for, Billions of dollars spent on prisons. Now we mm. got to fill the prisons. So billions of dollars spent on law enforcement, right? Law enforcement kind of given a, a, a clear go because we're a law and order, get them under control. All right. So now cops go out there and get a little rough, a little wild because they have an obligation to their higher ups who say at the end of the game, top of the food chain, we're trying to make this money and y'all need to get them under control. We got gentrification. We got prisons to fill. Hey, let's get to it. Right. So you do all these racist things. And then this side says, well, just cooperate. But I'm like, well, the same people that you were telling just to cooperate, those laws are being passed down by the same damn people you criticize for being a true racist that have been turning these communities up for years. Right, facts. Hypocrite. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not, a, you're not yeah. thinking, right? So, how is it that the only time that these people can become treasonous is when it's something you care about, but they can never be treasonous in any other situation? 
any other situation, right? So when I saw them, when I saw the officer killed at the Capitol, I'm like, all right, man, that's um, that's unfortunate. Um, I and I wish, I really wish that the crowd, or let's just say the people, definitely the people in the immediate area of the officer, right? Because maybe there were 50 guys that would have stopped it, right? right. And there definitely could have been, right? But the people right there in the immediate area obviously didn't. Um, so those individuals that were standing in close proximity to that, my my challenge is if you believe in law and order, and you were one of those people that were citing the, about the uh, about all the people that were well not all the people uh, the, the people that were killed by the police, then why didn't you just cooperate? And then when given a choice or an option to save a law enforcement officer, why not save them? Because you probably got a, a thin blue line flag in the back of your pickup truck. So how <laughs> come you didn't save them? How right. come you didn't step in and stop it? And even if it was Antifa. I don't care if Antifa did have on the Trump hat. At that point, it should have American. You had an American trying to take an American law enforcement officer's life who was clearly outnumbered. Right. Then why didn't you step in and do the right thing and help him? Hypocrisy. Right. So it to me, man. Um, and then you got the young lady being killed inside of the White House. That I mean, not White House, excuse me, Capitol Hill. You had her being killed inside Capitol Hill when she tried to climb through the, the glass portion of the door and get in and the, the Capitol Police officer discharged his firearm, hit her in the neck, and she died of her womb shortly thereafter. Um, once again, unfortunate. I'm not one of those people that's going to celebrate death. It's just not something I'm going to do. Right. Uh, very unfortunate. Uh, however, we also need to realize that those same law enforcement officers that you say are just out there trying to do a tough job, well, imagine how tough his job is when he's got members of Congress and the Senate that he's trying, and senators he's trying to protect that are on the opposite side of this door We've got chairs and desks and all kind of stuff pushed up against this door. Then you are, are attempting to climb through the window in the door. What is he supposed to do? Let you in here? Because he doesn't know what you're going to do if the mob gets in here to these people right now. So I, I think it was it was a bunch of hypocrisy all around the board, all around the table. Uh, but the way I think that it's going to play out in history for the country is Donald Trump. This I think this is the way the history books are going to read. Mm-hmm. A sitting U.S. president that was on the verge of losing office incited an insurrection into Capitol Hill. And then from that point, depending on who writes it and what book you read, it'll be to preserve, uh, <laughs> you know, the integrity of the country and do what's right. And he fought hard for America. And those were the patriots of the day. Or he was a loon. He yeah. incited these people to go do this and he tried to take over the country. So. For me, I wouldn't have, personally, I wouldn't have did it. I'm, I'm a big advocate of protest and, and a big advocate of going out there, but I'm also a planner. Like, we're going to do something. Yo, it's like, why are you going to kick in the doors of the crack house to rob it and then don't take the money? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you look, if you're going to go do something, yeah, it, at least it, at least it'll make more sense. And I've been saying, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between, you know, chaotic violence and controlled violence. Like, I've never, yet, I don't think you can take violence and say that it's all equal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's the difference between a, a a trained Navy SEALs going into a compound and getting rid of a target and a person stepping on your shoe in a club and start shooting. Those are two different things. And one is controlled. The other is very chaotic. And I see that with most of these demonstrations, they just turn into chaotic and a bunch of chaotic protests. And instead of actually having a, a mission or, or uh, uh, an objective and, you know, I kind of transitioning into into kind of the work that you're doing, and and it's kind of, because this is kind of the thing that I've always that kind of gets me is 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 like you said, people saying just comply, 
and just comply and just you know if you just comply everything will be okay i don't i don't think it i'll say this i think both sides are very naive to to how what really goes on between the community and and and, and law enforcement i think they're i think they have their agenda and they have the confirmation bias that they see what they want to see but i mean what what is what is what's the take on on the uh, relationship between law enforcement and and communities of color i mean and what can we do i mean what's what's what is what is your take on that man you know so i give everybody this you only know what you know right so if you grow up in a small town somewhere and all the cops are, you know each other and they come to the softball games and you, you're going to have a different opinion about stuff, right? Because different people have different perceptions. Well, I will say for the communities, for the, the urban communities is this. First of all, there's the accountability of understanding as a, as a police officer. There's the accountability of understanding that it's up to you to attempt to build a positive rapport. True. Right? I'm so when you that. get assigned to a district or a zone, you know, however your city does it, don't let the only time because only you can change it, man. Don't let the only time I see you is you jumping out on the car, you know, grabbing me up, man. Because I'm going, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a problem with you. And here's something else that people don't understand. A lot of the individuals, and this is where community accountability comes in. At this is community accountability, mm -hmm. and this is what I explain to people when I go talk to, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to police chiefs and done conferences and things like that to explain this thing to them. A lot of these young kids, let's just focus on the young boys, right? Uh, Latin men, you know, black men, et cetera, et cetera, right? These young minority boys. If they are minus a dad, they are normally minus authority. Moms are great. Moms do all that they can. Plus, they butts, try to take care of home. But if they are minus their father, young boys start to resent authority because they've had to make themselves into the versions of men that they see themselves to be, right? Exactly. They mimic that off of what they see in their environment, what they might see on TV. And so they built themselves to be there, but they always resent it because every young man wants discipline and order. True. We want it, we just right. want it from somebody that we look up to, we respect, we revere. Dad, you know, good uncle, you know, somebody like that. We want that from them and minus that, you people don't like to say it, but guess what? Your little heart get broke, man, right? You're eight years old, where's dad? You know, True. you you, right. you kind of want, you you, you know, you want to feel his, his strong hands on your shoulder getting you together, right? Like you kind of want that mm -hmm. and you don't have it. And then all of a sudden we start wondering why we seeing kids barking back at teachers, principals, uh, bus drivers, anybody that's in a position of authority, they bark back at immediately, immediately. right? And right. they normally say things like, you can't tell me you are not, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you see an officer pull up and he's hopping out, no rapport, right? And you hop out and you you tell this 18, 19 year old kid, hey man, come put, do this, do that, whatever the directive is. He's like, okay, man, who, who are you talking to? I don't, I, no, don't don't come around here now. They, are, they aren't even resenting the uniform more than they're looking at you like the father that disappointed them because you're representing authority that they once craved that deprived them of that love and authority and direction and guidance. And now I hear you all you some coming to assert some type of superiority over me. Man, who the hell are you talking to? I got smoke for you. Don't interact with me because I got other issues to be, other reasons to be mad at you, right? And so then when you get the cops, now that's a community issue that the community has to address. Now when you get the cops though, you ain't getting out the car saying what's up, 
You know what I'm saying? Even if you know they they slang in a couple of little bags off the porch, if you ain't there for that that day, don't trip. Just get out and say what's up. And they might not, they might not, they might have small talk for you. They might have small talk for you, but at least you spoke. You know what I mean? If the only time you coming in there, you come from the suburbs and you you get this job and you get this job because of what you see in rap videos and on movies, and you finna come in and you finna get this together, now the hood gonna get you together. Like you right. you, you can't you can't do that. You got to have a balance and rapport. And there are a lot of officers out there trying to do that. I give them that. But, you know, the 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 negative voice in the room always gets, you know, amplified. Right. So you always see the bad. And then people also don't understand that even if you do. Uh, well, I'll just say my, my neighborhood, for example, even if you necessarily do or don't have a, a reverence a one way or another for the police, you never really saw. Them. You know what I mean? Like my, my neighborhood, many times my block was a no go zone for the cops. Right. right. They, they ain't come over there. You had to literally call them and then they, they you'd be lucky because they have to wait till they get a couple of units to come. Right. right so right. you'd be lucky if, if they get to you in a decent amount of time. So when I'm seeing um, when I'm seeing the cops get out, you barely see them and they getting out and they talking smack like a lot of these dudes, you know, from the quote unquote right. That's talking about, oh, disrespect them. Man, you don't know what it's like to be standing outside 14, 15 years old, just getting slammed up against a car seeing them jack the dope boys. Like, I understand them selling dope is wrong, but you ain't supposed to rob them. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm watching oh, you do really? it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> what? Why, and why are you smacking on people? Like, do literally, you know, I, I, like when you see it every day, well, not every day, that's an exaggeration, but when you see it routinely, and then you're like, oh, and you get older and you get to, that's why. That's just another reason why there's so much animosity. People, when they we say driving while black, yeah, you don't feel that until you, you get into some of these cities and then you start crossing over to those suburbs and you will get your black ass pulled over. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's just a fact. Now, is everybody that get pulled over going to be mistreated? No. But we, we understand that as a thing. We wouldn't have lawsuits going on and actually being paid out of court if it wasn't a thing. It is a thing. So I think that the community and the police, A, need to sit down and have a conversation, right? About, mm -hmm. yo, at the end of the day, guess what? We do pay for you, no matter how you feel. We do pay for you. Uh, communities also need to understand, you yelling at the cop on the street ain't going to do much. You need to talk to who hired them. Mm -hmm. You need to talk to who is who is paying his check. And if you or if it's a police department, people, that is going to be your mayor. Okay? Your mayor in most cities right. appoints the police chief. Right? Police chief controls the police force. You need to go holler at the mayor and be like, yo, this is what these cops are doing in our areas and in our communities. And this is what we want fixed. This is what we want we see changed. The other flip side of that is this. If he ain't violating you, don't violate him. Well, you know, if he if he is just doing his job and you know you're wrong, you caught. That's a part of the game. Right. Um, so there is that mutual respect when it comes to that. They hold cops and robbers type of type of relationship. Um but that's what I think, man. But they got We got to start building a rapport and a relationship, and it starts with conversation. Like I said, if the only time I see you, I got animosity for authority anyway because mm -hmm. of the social construct. And if the only time I see you is you trying to exude authority, I got smoke for you. And be kind, and, and everybody should work on being nice and polite to each other too. You know, when you see some of these, um, you know, some of these these interactions that we get on uh, on camera, you're looking at people that are power hungry in many cases, right? They know that they have authority over you and they are they are showing that authority. And then you also have some people that the cop being cool and you take it to the next level, right? So there needs to be accountability, but there also needs to be a conversation about what the expectations are 
And guess what? We will make sure you get reassigned and or fired. And in these police departments at the same time, uh, you need some kind of oversight to where individuals came from. If he's just jumping from department to department, causing chaos, mm-hmm. we just had the situation up in, um, man, what was that at? That uh, was the video of the the young, the young, you know, he was, well, he was 47 years old and he was shot in a garage. Uh, in a garage, he, the garage door was open. And he was kind of coming out the garage. I think I remember, yeah. They yeah, shot and killed him. The mm-hmm. cop that actually shot him, uh, that particular officer, and that, that, that investigation is still ongoing. But that dude is 18 years on the force, and it was whatever. He had a couple of dozen complaints of physical force. Like, mm-hmm. why you still got that dude on the street? You know what I mean? So it's accountability and um, openness on both sides. And I think people are, are, are missing that. But then it goes back to this, too. If you're the one that's the authority, then it's normally up to you to 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 take the first step, right? So, and True. then start encouraging people too. My last thing will be we also need to start encouraging people from from the neighborhood. If you got a problem with it, man, you need to change it, right? So instead of you encouraging, let's go to the OGs out there, or so to speak. Instead of you instead of you encouraging these young boys to get out there and, and, and pedal your work for you and bring you back your cut, you know, re up mm-hmm. with you and all that. Instead of that, why don't you tell them now, nah, man? Keep your nose clean. Go to school. And you know what? If you decide you want to be a cop, you see what's going on around here every day. All we ask for you to do is come do a fair job. You know, be fair, be real with us, you know, be right. And start putting some of those young men in there because whether people want to believe it or not, if you got somebody from any area, mm-hmm. country, city, whatever, and you can get them to become the law enforcement of that area, some of them are going to still let it go to their head. Don't get me wrong. But they're going to be less afraid of you because they are you. you know what I mean, right. like, less afraid. So. That's how I would start, man. But they, we need to start with conversation, and people need to understand that yelling at the cops on the street and stop fighting. No, I'm sorry, last thing. Stop fighting the police on the streets. You ain't gonna win that. <laughs> you ain't but, gonna win that. And, and you know, I, I I look at it like this, man. And um, I guess you know, you you, you this this is this is just like I like like I said, I left for a long time, and what I see now is there's there's a real um, a fear-based narrative that's out there when it comes to the police. And see, that, that was something different. That was something that I wasn't used to. It, even being in, in, in incarcerated, I would never, I would never, you know, tell my homie like, Hey, I'm scared of the police. You know what I mean? Like that was just, that was like something you could never say that because, because we are not scared of them. And I just see that this, this narrative has people, panicking you know what i'm saying and there's no there's no oversight there's no guidance like you say about the community community has to have accountability for itself too but i know that if i'm dealing if i'm dealing like for example we used to be in the penitentiary teaching everybody teaching each other like look study the police know his favorite football team know if they lost know if he's having a bad day because our objective is we want to continue doing what we're doing without having to having them involved in our business and the way mm-hmm. we have them involved in our business, is we don't do this dumb stuff. We don't do this type of, uh, you know, emotional based reactions because we're a unit here. We all have something going on. And I see there's too much of this, this fear based narrative is having people react in ways that are like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why? I don't understand this. And some of these, some of these individuals aren't exactly innocent. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a criminal, I'm not, 
I'm not provoking the police. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand them. I'm trying to get them in. In, in from a from a more of a strategic point of view. I want to know where you're coming from as an officer. I want to know where you. I want to know your rounds. I want to know what makes you upset. I want to know what your moods. I want to know your attitude because I have an objective. And I kind of think like we kind of have to take power back. You understand what I'm saying? We have to kind of take power back and understanding that I don't look at this officer and think. Oh, he's going to dictate to me. This is how I, I think he's a man and I'm a man and we can meet on common ground here and I can respect you and you can respect me because I'm going to demand it just like you're going to demand it. And I think that we get too much of, you know, as soon as the cops pull up, everybody starts panicking and and, and it's like, let's keep a calm head. How do we get out of that emotional based uh, reaction to, to, to everything? I mean, we're seeing it even with these pr protests on both sides. It's like, Everything is chaotic, violence. It's all based on emotion. And I even see these interactions and I, and I sit down and I watch them and I say, man, right there. Like, why did you why did you do that? Why did you go into screaming and yelling like you say, fighting the police? And I just I think we're this fear based narrative that is, is, is killing us. You know what, man? You make a good point. Here's my thing. Uh, let me let me just keep it all the way a book. One, you're a fan of uh, Young Jeezy. Yeah. So Jeezy got, I think, I think it's on, um, I want to say it's on uh, Trap or Die, maybe it's on um, 103, or maybe 101, Thug Motivation 101, maybe, but it's a song on there. Mm -hmm. And he says, you can do your thing, uh, just be smart. And he started talking about how he got pulled over by the police, and That's he might have had some bricks in the yeah. trunk, but yeah. he was real polite with the cops saying, sir, yeah, because like, look, <laughs> I'm trying to have a, a positive interaction with you, man. So I'm going to be respectful, I'm going to be calm, I'm trying to get up out of here. That's all I'm trying to do. And I think that was a good telling. But I tell people all the time, like, look, man, can you be aware of a potential uh, interaction or maybe something might go a wrong way because, hey, I'm going to deal with the police now. This could go left. It could go away. I don't want it to go. Sure. Right. That could be that's a natural thing. But you can also say the same thing about talking to a stranger on the street. Yeah. You, know, you right. don't know how that's going to go. It could go bad, too. What we we have to get out of is being punks. True fact. You're yeah. not about to have me walking around scared of you, bro. That ain't that ain't about to. No, absolutely not. Aware of you, sure. Scared of you, absolutely not. And so, what what always amazes me, and I will call out the communities on this. When you get to talking about stuff like, oh, our ancestors had to fight through slavery, and we had to come through the tough times. Look at what they went through in the civil rights movement, getting hosed and bit by dogs and beat up by the police and all this and that. They did that for you can have a future, right? And if, if they if they were dealing with those struggles, right, of the day, which right. were harsher than what we're dealing with now, however you want to look at it, for right? Real. If they dealing with that and they weren't bitch made, why are you acting like that? I'm not going to be scared of you, man. Now, I'm going to respect you because I won't respect Right. But I am not. I, re I repeat, I am not going to walk around in fear of anybody that breathes the same air as me. That is not going to happen. And everybody needs to understand that. Now, on the flip side of that, I know that I, I enjoy respect. And so I'm going to give that respect out. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I want to be treated with respect. But that's the first thing we got to do is stop, stop, stop being intimidated or scared of anybody for any reason of anything. You can be aware of them. John be scared of them. And watching, watching when you lose your temper, man, look, I got pulled over. It's going to sound like a joke when I tell it to you. Now, I was working at the PD at the time, mm -hmm. but I got pulled over while pumping gas. 
I repeat, I got pulled over <laughs> yeah, while what? pumping gas. Okay. Right. So I'm so we out, we got this, we got this uh this intersection called Natural Bridge and Kings Highway in St. Louis, mm-hmm. right? And on Sunday, you know, you go cruising looking for chicks, showing off your car, you know, all this and that, right? So I had a nice little, I had a you know, a nice little uh, you know, uh, you know, caramel Monte Carlo at the time, had the had the big wheels on it, system, blah, blah, blah. Right. So me and the homies, I'm off work and we going to the to the to the corner of the cruise. That's what we want to do, right? We having a good time. We ain't heard nobody. And I pull over to the gas station. I was five of us in the car. Okay. I pull over to the gas station, get out. I had to go in and, and prepay for the gas. It's the kind of hood we in. I have a card on me. So I had to go in and prepay for the gas. I pull up, put the nozzle in the car. My my homies get out the car immediately because it was a, a, a car to the at the next stall from us full of beautiful girls, right? right so they right. like let me out. You know, your boy's like pushing the seat up. Let me out. You know what I'm saying? They hurry up getting out the car, but they can go over there and talk to the girl. So they they got out the car immediately. I go in the gas station, stand in line. It's like two people in front of me. Stand in line, pay for my gas. And I turn around. It's Cherry's on behind my car. I'm like, what? What? And I'm looking like my boys ain't nowhere near the car. They over there talking to the girls. I'm like, how am I getting pulled? So I walk out. Then the officer comes up. He's like, uh, you got your license and registration? And I said, officer, can I just ask you why? Now, I recognized him, but he didn't recognize me. Yeah, yeah. I said, officer, can I, can I just ask you why we need that? He was like, uh, because this vehicle is suspicious. I said, Sus- suspicious? Can you explain that to me? Right. Well, you know, there are five individuals in this car uh, riding around. We need to uh, we need to investigate that. You know, so we go back and forth, you know, politely. You know, he being a, he being a jerk, but he ain't raised his voice at me or nothing like that. And I said, man, look, man, I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm gonna go ahead and give you uh, what you want, for we can have this going. But I am gonna report you. All right. Then I told him what my DSN was and designated serial number. If you ever say that, there's only certain people that know what that know that you, why you have one of those. And he's right. like, oh, I said, yeah, man, I work. I work down in processing, bro. You I know you. <laughs> I work at the PD. So I'm letting you know that I'm going to report you because this is ridiculous. And then he's like, oh, man, you know, oh, bro, I ain't even recognize you because you had the beard. You know, we had to be clean shaven. Uh, but I let mine grow out for the weekend before I could shave it up. He's like, oh, man, I ain't even, I ain't even recognize you, bro. Uh, man, no, it ain't like that. But you know how it is, though, because if we see, you know, five five black dudes in the car, you know something going down. It's like, <laughs> what? What? Now, this is a black guy. This wasn't a white cop. This is a oh, black wow. dude. Yeah, yeah. Right? So interactions like that doesn't piss people off are those interactions will i was like whenever i tell people i got pu- pulled over pumping gas they just walk away from me like man stop lying I'm like, no i'm telling you i got pulled over pumping gas because he said that five black men in a car equaled a problem you know he's like yeah you know it's probably some dope and guns i'm like yes it's it's definitely some guns I'll tell you that right now yeah but ain't no dope and why would that even matter because you ain't even have probable cause to stop this vehicle it's pump i said dude the pump is literally in the car it's literally in the car. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, you know, he backed up and just drove away. So people have to understand that harassments like that do happen. Now, some of them go real uh, wrong. But at that time, I couldn't afford to start being emotional. Right. I couldn't yell. I had to keep my cool. And that's another thing I tell people what you should do in your downtime is study the law a little bit because it affects you. Study sure. it. Right. So when you so you know your rights, like when people say, "Oh, you're not scared about being pulled over as a black man with a gun," nope, nope. 
because I understand gun laws. Right. So nope, absolutely not. Now, do we have unfortunate incidents? Philander Castile comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah. We do. Unfortunate incident. And I, I still can't just like Martin Luther King died. I still can't be afraid to speak my voice. So. I spoke up for Philando. I will always speak up for Philando, but that also can't allow me to be cowardice and say, okay, it's the cops. I can't, I can't have a gun. I can't, I, let me just, let me shut up. Hey, yes, a master. Yes, a man, you got me. Look, man, yeah. we're gonna have a peaceful interaction here. I'm gonna be respectful. So yeah, people need to stop walking around with that fear and stop letting people hype you up. You know, I look, man, I like, I like LBJ. I'm a LeBron fan, bro. You know, and I, and I respect LeBron for what he's, not just his skill on the court, man. Looking at this dude with his school and giving back and, you know, he's got the beautiful family. You know, I, I gotta respect that, right? right? It's a good look. I don't agree with all his political viewpoints at all, but I gotta respect him as a man because what True. he brings as a man, you know, taking care of his kids. This is a dude that come from a single mom, but he he married his woman. He, he's raising a beautiful family. Right. He ain't been caught up in the news for no BS, right? On that level. He's doing the right thing. He's putting kids through school. He's giving back to the community. I'm going to respect that. Don't mean I got to agree with everything he say. Mm-hmm. And one thing I totally disagree that he said was like, oh, you know, being black is like being hunted every time you come out the house. Hey, bro, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. That's wrong. So, yeah, man, keep your cool, but don't be afraid of no damn body. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, that, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like it, it's 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 so much so like it's almost like, you know, you 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 may you, when we talked about earlier about critical thinking and 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 seeing the 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 what what the the uh, counter argument is. You know what I mean? If you have an argument, then you just said, "I like to see the counter argument." And I kind of look at it the same way. It's like with the with the cops. I'm I I've dealt with criminals, so I know how difficult that can be. So I can't expect. That when I run into this cop, if he's a, if he's assuming that I'm a criminal, that he's going to treat me any different than I feel like these people should be treated. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we 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 there are certain policies even you know amongst criminals that we have that we're we're not the most forgiving people. You know what I mean? When you cross us, mm-hmm. so as an officer, you're dealing with these type of individuals. So if I get pulled over, I, I know the type of I don't look at a cop any different than I would look at a gang member. And why I say that is because if I see a gang member coming down the street, he's dealt with other gang members. He's dealt with other criminals. So he has a hardened experience that's going to maybe if I'm not ready for that type of action, I need to check myself. I need to walk accordingly. I'm not going to if he asks me, hey, where are you from? I'm not going to I'm not going to give him a response that's going to make him respond in a certain way. You understand what I'm saying? I just think right, right. so much power that we give it away. It's like as soon as the cops pull us over. It's like we we go into panic mode. And I think if it comes from understanding in a strategic way of saying, let let me look and let me try to figure out who I'm approaching here, because I see people who say, you know, you're scared of the cops. But at the same time, as soon as the cops, you know, put the handcuffs on you, you start resisting. You don't you don't you don't resist somebody who you're afraid of. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost like I don't I don't understand why we are allowing ourselves to be so emotional. I think it goes back to what your original thing was, is we are taking the fathers out of the home. And so there's no more authority. And we're taking on these emotional dispositions of our mothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, 
men are here for a reason, in my opinion. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they, it, it's a balance. And we, if we're too far emotional and not enough logical, this is the type of situations that you have. It's, it's, it's a panic that sets in and it's a fear-based thing. And those are the things that I can't, I, I, I just can't reconcile. I can't, I can't reconcile. I think if we teach people, Hey, an officer is an officer. He's a man just like you, you know what I'm saying? So there's no reason to be scared. You know, well, I understand. And then you have to, Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then you have to have an understanding of who you are too. True. Right. So right. like, look, man, I'm even in my smallest, which I got to get this damn COVID weight off of me. It's bad. But, oh, you know, even even in my smallest where I look like I was frail, people literally called me and was like, dude, are you dying? Are you OK? That's 240 pounds. And people thought something was wrong with me because I look so small because I'm just a big dude. Right. So right. I understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm six feet tall, man. I'm a big, broad black dude with bad RBF. You know what I mean? Like, I get people all the time, like, I ain't speak to you, man, because you're like, you're an asshole. I'm like, bro, like, I just got real bad RBF. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, no harm. I'm a really nice guy. But if people that that talk to me and interact with me, that know me, can say that, then what's it going to be like for this dude that don't know who I am? You know? He yeah. going to get up like, man, it's, a, it's kind of a big boy. You know? Like, and so if I'm yelling and screaming and getting agitated, hey, it, it's going to scare people to kill you. You know what I mean? So it's going to yeah. make somebody feel a certain kind of way. Now, if I'm, you know, a, a pretty boy in the face and I'm 125 pounds and five foot four, eh, you know, and if I'm dealing with a cop that's, you know, 6'2", 250, and that could change things up a little bit. So we also have to look and judge it from that angle, too. Like, who am I? Because if you can tell people, oh, I ain't no joke. I ain't no joke in these streets. Why? OK, yeah. well, remember that because you need to control that when you start dealing with these dudes over here. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. But that, um, that scary, I, I don't do, I, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cannot do that. I can't yeah. be scared. I used to tell dudes, I tell dudes all the time when I go in the hood now and talk to them. And a lot of it I can't record because sometimes, you know, to go give a message of freedom and empowerment and doing better in life, I have to go places where illegal activities are occurring, right? So I can't always show that. But I, I'll be talking to the young boys and I was just doing this back in the hood adjacent to mine a few months ago. And I put up a small snippet of the video, but I didn't want to show where we were at. And what I asked him, you know, it's seven, eight young boys outside. And I asked him, I was like, yo, come on. Let me ask y'all a question. Who's strapped? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, I'm strapped. I said, okay, okay, cool, no problem. I said, look, man, if the boys hit the corner right now, what you gonna do? They was like, shit, break. I said, you know, I'm strapped and I ain't gonna budge. It's like, what you talking? Like, they literally confused. You trying to catch a case, OG? I'm like, no. It's like, I know your guns might be legal and registered, which is a whole nother conversation. Legal and registered, but you you still black with a gun. You can't be black. You can't be a black man in the hood with a gun. I'm like, you think that's a law? They're like, hell yeah, it's a law. I'm like, no, it ain't, bro. Like, <laughs> no. So if the, and, but it's, it's the education. I said, what if I could tell you that you can, you know, outside of like, you got to cut out, because I don't support, you know, I, I want my young man to do better. So I don't support uh, moving on the block. I don't, you know what I'm saying? We just, we got to do better. Uh, that's from seeing it, knowing what kind of death, decay and a vicious cycle it puts you through. We got to do better, right? right? But in the meantime, in between time, it's like, man, if you get everything together, if you get everything together, what if I was to tell you that if you just stop what you're doing now, figure out another way, invest into yourself, cleanse your own soul, build yourself up, build people around you up, go out and get you a legit hustle, 
you know, go out and, and, and invest into yourself, go to a trade school, go to college, just start a, start a business, figure out something you're good at, whatever you do. What if I was to tell you that you could do that, run your business in the hood, live in the hood, be prosperous and carry a gun legally and ain't nothing that the police can do about it. And they thought I was full of crap. Right. I said, no. I said, but so it's it's that type of education too. Let them know, like, yeah, if the police at the corner right now, you gonna run. I'ma stand flat footed. So you tell me which one is actually courageous, which one is actually being I'm a tough guy, but I'm a run, or I'm a grown ass man and I'ma stand flat footed because I have an understanding of who I am and the laws and the way that things work, right? So you we gotta we got a lot of information and work to do as well. Cause I think if we can inform people. Mm-hmm. They will be it would kind of calm some of that fear down, right? Like you sometimes you gotta stay strong. Guess what? If they still do at the end of the day, you can't do. You might not be able to do what everybody else can do. You see these videos of these, you know, uh, there are some lawyers out there that purposely go around and go to like uh, uh DUI uh, checkpoints and stuff oh, and they yeah. curse out the cops, you know, <laughs> and say, I know my rights, I'm lawyer so and so, and they do it on purpose to prove a point. That might not be in the cards for you. That might not be something you can do. Okay, let's just be but, smart about it. But all right, let's say if he does put the braces on. Okay, cool. All right, be real with him. Go ahead, go with the flow. Educate him on he wrong. Stand up on that. Go through the process, and when they throw whatever out and they dismiss him, because you fighting them on the street ain't gonna change the outcome. Matter of fact, you are gonna catch a legit charge, right? Well, yeah. That's, so then yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah, you're done then, because then everything else is validated, right? Yeah. No, go with the go with the flow, and then when you beat them up in court. Or they, the, the, the prosecuting attorney come like, man, we got to throw this out. We can't do nothing with it. Then attack them. Then that's when you go to the department making a complaint. You go to the mayor. That's what you march. That's what you protest. So the next time he hit the block, you ain't even worth the hassle. You ain't right. worth the hassle. So. But I mean, that's the way that I mean, that's the way to uh, that's the way to do it. I mean, you you have you have to know you have to know yourself like it's it, Sun Tzu said it. Know yourself, know your enemies, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. And you have to, like you said, having that self-awareness about yourself, knowing how you come off, knowing how they what they've been going through. These are all things that, you know, they, they, they can keep us alive. And and I just think that, you know, these things have to be taught out there. And we got to We got to We got to We got to even the playing field and, and, and mentally and stop biting into these narratives that you can't do this. You can't do that. You know what I mean? And And it's. It, it's all there. And I, and I like how you connected the dots earlier with lawmakers and law enforcement. You can't be mad at one and not be mad at the other. You know what I mean? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at both sides of the political spectrum, they both don't ever, you know, one side uh, uh, demonizes the law enforcement and says nothing about the lawmakers. And the other side says nothing about the, the law enforcement, but props up the lawmakers. And it's kind of like, you know, that education starts to wake people up to things. You know what I'm saying? It starts mm-hmm. to wake people up. And and you said uh, uh, that that analogy that you just gave, that's what I wanted to touch on right there, because that was something that somebody had told me, you know, an OG had told me this a long time ago. Just think of the psychology of that. Here you are. You're a gang member. You, you, you've you been out shooting guns. You know, you, you, you putting all this work in and yet the police hit the block. And the first thing you do is you throw it. The next thing you do is you run. But if it was if it was a car full of gang members who don't have the same standards that the police have to deal with and have more guns than the police have and are willing to shoot you and not care about the law, you shooting back. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a, mm-hmm. 
a psychological like and it goes back to the authority thing i think what you just talked about you they don't respect the authority you know what i'm saying yeah that, and 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 not on top of that too here's another thing social constructs are are a thing right people have been doing that since the since the beginning of the time right uh studying the behaviors of people putting people in certain situations and seeing how they come out so one thing that we understand is poverty breeds crime that's just a, all yeah. around the world poverty breeds crime and when you start looking at the other things that have been socially constructed and to put into play you are i don't well i can definitely say it was purposeful but most people won't view it that way so let's just say it's a, it's it's uh it was kind of a of a consequence of the social system. You do realize that wherever you're born, especially if you're a young man, and you can say for young girls too, mm -hmm. you were born and bred to hate people that look like you in those foreign communities. Think about it, to your point. True. The white cop hit the block, I respect him enough to get rid of the gun. Dudes like me hit the block, I kill you. True. You were born and bred to hate. Think about it. Walk down the street. What we do. You know what I'm saying? We we just walking down a new you mean mugging. Man, who you? You know what I'm saying? But yet, go up to the local store and let a white dude hop out the car. You don't know if he's an undercover or not. You might you might look at him a little bit, but you're like, shit, I ain't fuck with that white boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you move on. So it's like you you have you have also allowed yourself to let people be superior in your own mind Man, because you downgraded people that are like you and you don't realize it and you propped up other individuals right that's and, and, well, one light example of that is this i don't care what hood you from or what color people is in mm -hmm. if it ain't white as soon as somebody from that block even if they the, they the biggest bang in the world but as soon as they come out and say something and where they have a on, on articulation and a, a good command of the English language, I mean, you're talking like a white boy. True, right. So I'm like, so only white people are smart. Then you get mad at them when they call you stupid. Well, you're the ones that saying they're smart. <laughs> and you, like, why, why, why is the equation of intelligence and command of the language that you speak, why mm. is that something that is isolated to the intelligence of a white guy? Like, so that self-hate, that being born into a system that has taught you to be untrustworthy of people that look like you. But we all going through the same struggle, though. That'd be the thing. Right. You all going through the same struggle. You in the same pit and you've been you've been taught without realizing it to fight and hate each other and respect the ringmaster. And you don't even realize it. So I don't that's why I don't uh, subscribe to the and it's all about education. But that's why I don't subscribe to the whole thing about, oh, they holding me down. They holding me back. No. Keep it a buck with you, you doing that, right? And you might not understand how, so that's why you need individuals like yourself, myself, that can sit down. Because coming in them all the time and you lit Sunday Deacon suit with your lit, you know, right. uh, $10 tie on and trying to say, you need to find Jesus, young man. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Right. Somebody that they can relate to, know, speak to their language, and somebody that can say, well, at least, at least broker. You know what I mean? At least. He actually trying to give game, give knowledge, and he does speak my language. And when we sit down with him and we talk to him, that's how you make the change. But convincing individuals that this whole world is going to bring you down. Oh, so I, I'm, I'm hating people that look like me. I'm respecting people that don't look like me, but I'm having resentment for them because I feel like their lives are better than mine. 
All you do is get caught up in this vicious um, mental cycle. And then every time somebody says something to confirm your bias, uh, old boy get fired from his gig and he was going to work all the time. Right. He get fired from his job and it happened to be a white dude that fired him. Now, he might not he might have might not have told you he was late four times that week. He just said you got fired. Then all of a sudden, see, white man always holding a brother down. You know, now what you're doing is taking away from the validity of that statement in the incidents where it actually does happen. And you just going through this vicious cycle of man. I ain't. That's why you see cats say all the time, man. Man, shit, I'm just on a. I'm just on a block. I'm just making do, man. Cause there ain't nothing out here for me, man. Look, miss me with that. I come from the same struggle. I come from the block. Come from the hood. A single mama, you know, at home trying to figure it out. I didn't slept outside. I ate sugar sandwiches. I had not figured this thing out. I lived in a food desert. We had to do all that crap. We had the bad police, and if we had policing at all, we had all that. I had all that, all that D-boys outside. I had to walk through six different sets to get to the bus stop. I was robbed more. I think them cats started robbing me for practice. You know, I think it was just like, we gonna, you know, <laughs> we gonna practice on him. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure this out. And then I had to start fighting back in the hood to make sure, you know, I had my respect. So I'm starting to do my thing just to make it from day to day. But at the same time, I never looked at the world and said, y'all, this, the white man that ain't even on my block is the one that's holding me back. Man, you got me messed up. So what did I do? I got a parent, both of my parents, even though I don't really know my old dude that will. Both of neither one of my parents made it past eighth grade. Neither one of them. Okay. Now, my mother is one of the smartest individuals on planet Earth, but she just didn't make it past eighth grade. Why? She had a son to take care of. Right. And we're talking about 70s and 80s. It was a different world then. So she right. had a son to take care of. Right. So she she taking care of her son. So she wasn't able to complete education. You know what I said? I said to myself, I don't give a damn what it looked like when I go outside. I don't care how many hustles outside. I don't care what I'm doing outside just to make it through. Here's what I'm going to do for my mama. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go get this high school diploma. That's going to happen. I had to drop out of school, man, when I was a junior, right? I was working a full-time gig, and I may or may not have been doing some things outside, you know what I mean, to help him pay the rent. So I had to work a full-time uh, full job in high school and, and hustle to make ends meet, right? And so I had to drop out um, the, last half, the last half year of my junior year, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I did, though? I went back my senior year. I busted my butt, worked my butt off, and I walked the stage with the same kids I was supposed to walk the stage with. Right. To the point that they were clapping and screaming when I walked across the stage because I went in there and I hustled and I told them that I couldn't play football because of it. So I'm like, I got to focus solely on these grades. So I went in there and I busted my butt and I brought my mama what I call our high school diploma. This for me and you. And then right. I said, you know what? We ain't going to stop there. Let me go snatch this uh, undergrad degree for you. A degree. And our family said, a degree. I said, yeah, a degree. So I went and snatched the degree. And I said, you know what? That ain't good enough. Let me do something else. Let me go ahead and uh, slap this masters on you. Let me slap this man. Mama, this eye masters. We did this, right? So now we slapping that graduate degree on the wall. I said, uh, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to marry a woman. Like I wish somebody would have married you and gave you that respect. I'm going to marry her. And when I, make, when I make these babies with her, I'm going to raise these kids up so we can break this cycle, if we can break this curse. That's what I'm going to do. So miss me with that, somebody setting you up for something. Because you need to have the gall within yourself and a vision within yourself to break these things and make society different for you. Because right now, if somebody come to me with some BS, oh, I can stand on it because I'm educated about what's going on. I'm real about some of the things that are out there, but I can also stand up and say, no, nah, I'm an accomplished man and I'm self-made. And last thing I'm gonna do is sit back and let some mysterious dude in some mysterious building somewhere that's Illuminati and pulling strings or whatever. <laughs> last thing I'm gonna do is give them the power to say, you ain't gonna make it. Who the hell you think you talking to? Now, what I'm going to do is make it, and I'm going to be self, 
talk if I need to be, but I'm going to stand up every single day and strive. Like, don't give me the talk about looking back at our ancestors and say, oh, look what they had to go through. They had to go through slavery. They had to go through this and they had to go through that. All right, cool. They did that for you. What you doing with that gift? They gifted you. That's why my shirt, the shirt I have on right now says, my ancestors paid the price. I'm just the receipt. Mm-hmm. That's what my hoodie says. My right. ancestors paid the price. I'm just the receipt. So what are you doing with that gift? You're going to sit back, you're going to sit your lazy ass on the block, move a couple of bags and say, oh man, it's all they got for us. What you going to, you're going to be a jack boy. You're stealing whips. What you doing? You're going you're gonna to do that the rest of your life because somebody said that you couldn't be more. You're going to let social media and entertainers tell you that the system is so set against you. You're going to let politicians tell you that the system is so set against you. Uh, just give us your vote and we'll fix it for you. And we're going to give you, we're going we gonna to pay you. The only difference between slavery and the 1800s is slavery now is that you pay your slaves now. That's the only difference. You pay them, right? So I'm like, y- y'all sitting back with all these excuses. I'm not making those excuses. I'm from the same struggle. I'm from the same blocks. I had the same thing set in, in, in front of me. And what I decided to do was look at it and say, oh, if the system is my enemy, I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? And yeah. went out there and we did that and established something to build yourself up. So I don't let no politician, no entertainer, no nobody come and tell me how hard life is because I am the one that lived a hard life. And I'm able to go back and talk to other young boys and say, man, forget all that victim mentality. That's why I say from victim to victor. You know what I'm saying? You were really a victim up here. That's where you were a victim at first. Man. Right. So from victim to victor, because I was my own. I made myself a victim as a young boy. Didn't realize it, but I was making myself a victim if I would have continuously failed victim, so to speak, to what everybody was saying. Like, you can't make it. You can't do this. You can't do that. Once you get set back, you can't come up. Man, they're going to hold you down. I had a whole bunch of cats on the block telling me, I don't see why you're going to school and you're never going to do nothing. And I had to go back. The last time I was on the block, man, and a bunch of cats are gone. It was probably, I don't know, close to a year ago. Um, And I was back on the block. And I was like, you know what, man? I remember standing out here and dudes telling me, that I went, that it wouldn't matter. It wasn't gonna work. It wasn't gonna be nothing. And then I stood, man, and I said, damn, I could have been in a paper, right? Could have mm-hmm. made the, the, the local paper for being a part of a, you know, a hit or being killed myself or whatever the case may be. But I'm able to look up right now in my office and in my son's room and in my mom's mantle, dad and son on a cover of Time Magazine, speaking out and speaking up for the rights of individuals. You know what I'm saying? I got to stand on Capitol Hill and give a speech because I didn't allow the hood mentality to make me a victim. So miss me with that. And everybody that's falling for that crap, if you if somebody is calling out the ops, if somebody is saying, yo, these are the oppositions, then the next thing I need out of your mouth is all right, how we address that. Because if we can call it out and see it for what it is, it's gotta be a way that we can attack it. And if we don't fix it this generation, we can build the foundation for the next generation can build upon that and defeat it. So I'm not gonna do that victim stuff, man. I'm, I'm not with it, I'm not with it. You need to get out. You need to hustle and you need to make it happen. And sometimes you need to sit your ass down and you need to be methodical. You need to be calculated. You need to learn and grind. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of following World Star, which I follow World Star, but sure. instead of following World Star and just looking for the, the next fight video or the next dance craze, you 28, 29 years old, yo man, why don't you start following platforms that give you a little different information? Why don't you start following people that challenge your thought? Why don't you start talking to people on the block that ain't about that BS. Why are you still running for your own confirmation bias to the people that are telling you, man, it's just what we do, bro. Now, that ain't what we do because right now, these little black kids I got in this house, they don't get to say, I know what it's like to be homeless. They don't get to say, I know what it's like to eat sugar sandwiches. Matter of fact, between me and their mom, there are six degrees hanging up on the wall. No, we got standards over here, homie. 
And you're going you gonna to get out here and you're going to fight for these standards and build your life up. We're not about to tell you because of the color of your skin, you're going to be a victim. And because the politicians or the entertainers tell you that, that life is hard, that you're going to sit down here and be a victim. No, as soon as you identify something in this household, we say, OK, you've identified and you've articulated the challenge. Now, what is the strategy? That's how we teach people. And that's how we build upon them. So I ain't with none of that. Get your lazy ass up. Build some hustle within yourself. Get out there. For example, black men can't even shoot guns. They can't own guns. Well, how am I able to run a business that deals with guns? How am I able to be on gun magazines? They put me in shop show business, business to educate people on the business of this industry. How is it that I'm able to run an industry event that I started to educate people and, and get them to be better proponents of freedom? Well, how am I able to do that if a black man can't own a gun? How am I able to do that? Right. So all that, I'm sorry, I went on a rant there, but man, I, that, that yeah. just really annoys me that, you know, be a victim. And then all we do is we hype these kids up to believe, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna shut up and let you in here. We hype these children up. Like I told you, I'm gonna openly say, look, bro, I'm an LBJ fan. I'm a whole fan. I'm a kid of the culture, baby. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm always going to T.I. I mean, we can go back to Eric being Rakim, run DMC. Like I am a fan of the culture. I am a kid of the culture. And what I can still say is as a culture, you have to uh, join a Lucas. Yeah, I've, 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 I'm not super into him, but I have. Man, he got a song called I Don't Want to Be Like You, bro. YouTube it. Um, yeah. And it's so powerful because he's he's re he's backing up this point I'm about to say. We teach our children at such a high level because of the absence of parents or because of what we view as success through music and and things that we see in culture with the big chains and the the race and all that. We set them up to believe that there is no middle ground. Either you're gonna be a dude on the block hustling, or making minimum wage, working at whatever local store, or you're going to be LeBron James or Jay-Z. Yeah. That, 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 why is that the standard for us? That First of all, you need to understand how special those individuals are. You can love them, hate them, whatever. That's a special gift and a special talent to get to the levels that they're at, right? Everybody ain't going to make it there. Then it, they wouldn't be special, right? right? So everybody ain't going to make it there. Why, why aren't we doing better with telling kids, hey, man, you know what? Instead of you, hey, man, you, I, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this before, and I totally agree with him. You can be me. You can be me. I don't think nothing wrong with being me. You can be better than me, too. But what's mm -hmm. wrong with saying, hey, yo, you want to stunt because somebody, oh, man, his crib tight. All right. I ain't going to say I'm balling and I'm rich, but I'm from the block. I was able to move to Atlanta. I put my, my family up in a 3,200 square foot townhome. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My kids can walk outside, walk 30 seconds and get them anything that they want because I was able to work for it. To me, that's successful. You know what success is? Even if I had this, if I had a shack, I'm raising my children. How come that can't be a level of success? How come successful can't be you running a small business? How come success just can't be you building yourself up to be better and however you view yourself of being better? Why do we set our kids up to say either it's this on this end or it's way up here at this level? And then when they pursue this level, right, by hustling or whatever they're doing or scamming or whatever, because they're trying to get to this level, you wonder why they keep getting caught up by the system. The system, you can't get mad at the system for being what it is because it is what it is until you change it. If you know they're looking for a reason to put your black ass in the pen, why are you serving yourself up on a plate? You need to go out there and say, no, nah, that ain't the move. I understand how that how that might work out. The move for me is going to be this. And it might be a slow grind to get there. It might take some time to get there. But the move is going to be this. Can't nobody take your education from you. 
Can't nobody take your knowledge from you and can't nobody take your game from you. And if you have those things and you back that up with some 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 belief in yourself and some animosity toward anything that stands in your way, you can accomplish whatever the hell you want to accomplish. But it might not mean that you're pushing Rolls Royce. It might not mean that you're pushing around a race. I drive a 15 year old truck. Mm -hmm. I drive a 15 year old truck, but I got a nice little coupe sitting outside. My wife got a nice little whip. It, it, I, I don't have to walk around with chains and stunt, but you know what I can do? Instead of buying a Gucci belt, I can buy all the Glocks I want. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because I can make sure that I'm able to protect everything that I'm building into. I don't sit back and become a victim. And then you want to yell about, oh man, we ain't got the access, we ain't got to this and got to that. Yes, you do, bro. You know what I'm saying? You might not be to the same level, but don't buy no fucking $700 Gucci belt, man. I'm going to do that. What you doing that for? And you understand after you spend $700 on that belt, all you got is $300 up in your pocket, but you want to stunt. What you want to stunt for? Look at the cycle. You want to stunt to go out and impress the chick. All right, cool. So you go out, you stunt, you you spending all your, li your liquid assets to look apart, right? Mm -hmm. You ain't investing in nothing. You ain't building yourself up. You ain't putting yourself through school. You ain't doing none of that. But you want to go look the part. So you're going to hustle to buy the $700 Gucci belt and some loafers to drive your whip through the hood. So you didn't spend 60, 70K on this car, right, to do what? <laughs> to hop in the whip. It depreciates in value as soon as you pull off the lot. What do you do with that car and those Gucci clothes? You ride around and do what we call stunting because you're stunting on everybody else about how poor they are and how you can show off and you can brag because you were hustling. You done made it at the same time, forgetting the fact that you are also playing into the system saying because you just bought an asset that has no value. Right. You, you, you probably went and got it from let's just space facts. You went and got it from a business that's already established. And then mm -hmm. you ride through and you riding a seventy thousand dollar car down blocks with derelict homes where you could have spent two, three thousand dollars on those homes a piece. Put your boy through trade school and have him fixing it up and then putting the people in the community into a good living situation. But no, nah, we don't want to look at that. We just want to look at the stunting of the fact. All right, cool. Stunt your ass on. So now that you're driving and you hitting the club and Gucci loafers, what you do? You snatch old girl up, this black woman that we supposed to be protecting or that, mm -hmm. that, that young Latin or Mexican woman that you're supposed to be protecting or whomever that you're supposed to be protecting and valuing. What you do? You, you stun on her. You're looking good. You're smelling good. You know what I'm saying? Boom. You hit, right? Put a couple of babies in her. And then you dip off. And then your excuse is, well, shit, well, nobody there for me. So now you leaving these kids out here to repeat the damn same damn cycle that you just did. And then you want to come to me talking about what white man holding you down? Miss me with the bullshit, dog. True. Man, I, I couldn't have said that. Man, that, that right there, I don't know if there's anything more to say after that. Because uh, that ain't uh, it, 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 It's sad, man. It's sad when you start seeing it. And, and I'm going to Tell you this little quick, this little quick story. Um, that's kind of that's kind of you know I I came home from prison and I've I've said this before on my show, but I went to I'm I'm out here in L.A. and uh, I was in I was down the street from where Nipsey Hussle got killed and his his uh his his shop right there. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm 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 right there on a uh, on. In, in a notorious section of South Central LA, and they had a house, and me and my me and my fiance was driving around, and we said, "Let's go look at this open house." They had an open house down there because that's where we were, and that's what we were gonna do. So, anyways, we looked at the open house, and they were selling the, the house for one point four million dollars, and this mm. is right there on Fifty Second and Brinehurst, right around the corner from Crenshaw and Slauson, and and this is supposed to be the you know this is this is rolling sixty hood, you know this mm -hmm. is. Brian Hurst is one of their cliques that's really big. It's, it's notorious. And I'm thinking they got a house for $1.4 million. The guy was selling it was a white dude, obviously. And so you're like, but yet we're, we're spending, we're, we're, we're standing 
on the corner selling dope and they're selling houses. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. You know, a lot of people, especially out here in L.A., a lot of people, their grandmothers own their houses outright. But you don't have a game enough to say that, hey, let's go take out a loan of the equity that she owns in the house and let's buy the next house up. Instead, you're, you're trying to scam grandma to get to go buy a sack and flip that. And that's what it kind of all hit me. And I said, the oppression is here. The oppression is here because the, the neighborhood isn't as bad as we make it out to be. It's here that we just don't do anything with it. And so that's what kind of I kind of said, well, wait a minute here. How, how are we living in the ghetto? How is this the hood? How is this? How is we can't make it out of here? But this guy found a way to sell this house for one point four million dollars. Mm. That's that's what kind of opened it. And, and it kind of it kind of, you know, sent me down this rabbit hole. And 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 now hearing you speak and say that right there, um, that's every that's everything. That's everything that 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 the principles we're supposed to have. You know what I mean? And that's the only that's the only thing you can. In my opinion, you can march, you can protest, you can riot, you can change legislation, you can do everything you can. But until you change that, that desire to want to get up and make your life better and take control of your own life, everything is just smoke and mirrors at, at that point. You know what I mean? No, nah, man, I'm with you. I think one point four. You know, I've only I've, I've been in L.A., I think, twice. Um, mm-hmm. I do know where Slauson and Crenshaw was. Uh, I was out. I was out that way. We were staying over there in um, Inglewood at, mm-hmm. at an Airbnb. So we rode through uh, by where Crenshaw was coming back. I think from Santa Monica, Santa Monica Pier, and uh, I rode through there. So I have a visual. You know, I'm not gonna know the area as well as you, obviously, but I had a visual of it. So, so to think that a home over there is going for 1.4 is like, damn. <laughs> you know, well, it's um, it's man, a, that's a, yeah. To be fair, this is California where you're not gonna find anything less than five hundred thousand dollars anywhere you know what i mean unless you unless you move to you know the real rural areas but here in la i don't care where you where you at the house is five hundred thousand at least so to be fair but (laughs) yeah yeah okay but i think but i think the point um is to still be made and that's one thing and that's another reason why i don't like when people that are not aware of certain aspects of the culture attack the culture right so you take you brought up nip right you take mm-hmm. a dude like Nip, clearly a game banger. You know what I'm saying? Been out there doing his thing. Part yeah. of the rolling 60s. What did he say, though? When he got a success, he was like, oh, man, it's time for a change. True. You know what I mean? I'm still I'm still, I'm still, still Nipsey, but I'm going to buy up the block. You know? So he bought that strip mall, you know? Start mm-hmm. employing people from the neighborhood. Start getting game. He went out and got game to bring game back, you bring know? But then up. here's the thing. What we do, and I understand that that individual that did it is accountable for his actions, but what we do... Someone, somebody bring us the game back, which is why a lot of people don't go back to the hood in general. Um, I think Tyrese has said that once. Tyrese from Watts, right? Yeah. And uh, Tyrese said, yo, I love you from afar, man. I ain't going to come back over there. For what? Y'all can kill me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you did Nipsey. And he was giving love, giving bread, opportunities, oh, yeah. business. Like g- g- just bringing it all, like literally loving and and looking to do more. Like, no, oh, yeah, we've been a. We're going to educate people. We're about to take this thing over. We're going to break these cycles and do all that. And what the hood do? Kill them. Kill. And you know when you know how the, the cat that did it, you know how you how you know he had that hatred in him and he couldn't see one of his own. That's what I mean by that self-hate. He couldn't see one of his own doing well and doing better than maybe he was because you ain't just horrible enough that you killed the young man. You mm-hmm. ain't just kill him. You went over and kicked him in the head. Yeah. It's hatred, oh, yeah. dog. 
Yeah, that's that hatred. Mm -hmm. You know, so we also have to, and that's what I will say for this. All everybody that complains, you blaming all the the the, the white man and everybody that these uh you know uh, social figures and popular people are telling me to hate. Yeah, you can chastise them, and maybe some of the things that are being said is are, are right about them, and they are doing things the wrong way. But here's what people hate, man. Everybody, they hate when the the mirror is facing them, and you have to look at what you can do better. True, right? right. And they hate that, and we don't want we don't want to own up to that. But you got to own up to that, and that's the only way you're gonna do better. I tell you, I tell people all the time. They're like, "Oh man, did you?" Well, one of my homeboys called me, said, "Bro, did you hear um uh." Jay Z, uh, uh, what was that? What was that song, man? He had put out, uh, uh, oh yeah, still an end, right? When he put that out, mm -hmm. so and I'm listening to it, like, all right, he does have. I mean, this is a man worth a whole lot of money, so he given his now his experience is being a, a multimillionaire. He's given mm -hmm. that experience in that account, right? Um, and then it came out even when Kanye said, uh, uh, you still a you still a you know in and a coup, right? Just just a rich one, cool. But what do people respect? most they might hate color of your skin but they respect greenbacks right so even if your money got to put them in a situation where you're gonna respect me or your intelligence or your resources or what you can bring that's gonna bring about change and respect because everybody at the end of the day you can walk up to a clan member he he the grand wizard <laughs> but if you got some bread and you trying to do business oh shit well sit down son you know what I mean? Like, let's get right. to this money. Oh, yeah, so if you understand how to control that money and how to build yourself up, build your resources up, you can change all that. But once again, that requires thought and it requires self-check. Right. But we we going to do ourselves a real disservice, man, if we keep down this path. And, and, and individuals like Nipsey, even one of the last time, not the last time, one of the last times, man, I was back on the block. One of my homies uh, that I did grow up with, he was a little younger than me, but, he, you know, he got he got killed. He was actually set on fire. Um, it's how he got killed. And I went over there to pay my respects, right? Uh, so when I heard about it, I happened to be around, so I, I stopped by to pay my respects. And I get out, and I was happening to go over there to be recording a video with another young man. So we were about to record a video and just talk about hood life and stuff like that. And the camera person is setting up, and I got, man, too many young boys, 24, 25 years old, on that water, sitting in the alley, nodding off, right? Mm. And I'm looking at it, got a tear on the inside, you know what I'm saying? But ain't nothing I can do. They 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 harmless they they nodding off in the alley mm -hmm. one young boy young boy man maybe 19 years old he had to be five five 125 pounds wet hey man what what they doing you know i heard him whispering to other people but these cats how they, they yeah 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 and i said hey man I, you know it's kind as i could say yo man you know like I'm, I'm really here for you so yo bro you know i'm from the block if you got anything that you know ask me just ask me right and he looked me up and down, gave me that short man look, you know, that, that you know, the up and down look, <laughs> looked me up and down and said, I ain't talking to you with a lot of animosity. Right. So I'm being cool. I'm like, all right, young boy, you don't go about your business. But he didn't even like the fact that I was being cool. See, right now he's been taught. Oh, we got beef now. You know what I'm saying? Just because I felt like you disrespected me by even asking me a question. So he started walking. We understand if you if you're from any hood, you understand when boys got long guns, they put them in a bush or hide them somewhere so they mm -hmm. can run to them, get them, do what they got to do. And dish them back off and nobody gets held for accountability if, it, if they find it so i saw him walking now this broke my heart but i did it i walked i saw what he was doing and as calmly as i could nobody knew what i was doing i walked over to my truck popped the hatch had me a little foldable ar right in the back got that thing ready you know what i'm saying because i would hate to have to do this to you but you so used you, you carrying around so much animosity that somebody yeah. couldn't even talk to you 
without you ready to go ahead and I'm gonna I'm take this cat out, but I'm somebody that's giving back. I wasn't giving back on the level of Nipsey. I had that kind of currency, but I'm still trying to give back. You know what I mean? But yeah, you were rather because you felt, because I talked to you, like I, you don't get to talk to me. Even if you look like me, even if you grew up four houses up here, man, I'll knock your head off. So I, now I'm going to get ready for him. And then it took one of the young boys that know me to be like, hey, that ain't what you want to do. <laughs> like, that ain't what yeah. you want to do, man. Go on, man. Get off the block, man. Ain't, I'm saving you right now. That ain't what you want to do. So when he when he hit the block and I made sure it was gone, now, you know, I put the thing back up. We finished our interview and we went on about our business. But it's always that self-hatred, the animosity, that refusal to look in the mirror and say, well, we can do better. So um, miss me with that, man. If you out here, if you're one of these people and you, 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 you're playing into the white man and the Republican Party is all racist and they're going to bring us down because of what people that identify over here are telling you, First of all, you're fundamentally wrong. And even if there is some truth to what you're saying and some truth to what people are putting out there, you are still only a victim to what you agree to be a victim to. True. Period. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? What you're going to do about it to be better? And don't think for a second that when people telling you just because, you know, the somebody that says that, quote unquote, from the left and they come out talking about, well, we want to give you money. I'll tell you something, bro. Next time somebody tells you something is free, ask them what it's going to cost you. Yeah, despise the free lunch. <laughs> Bro, that's like, it. They, they, they ain't giving you nothing. Look at the system, right? Mm -hmm. You pay our fathers to stay out of the houses with our, with our women and kids, right? I mean, not, well, you pay the women, I'm sorry. Or you pay the women through the welfare system. That's the uh, old trick. That's decades old now. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you making sure you're going to tell her, you're going to take the incentives from her if he comes into the household. But then when she keeps him away from the household to get the incentives, he does try to go out and get a job and you busting his check wide open. Not only are you overtaxing him like you're doing to all Americans, not only are you overtaxing him when he's trying to do right, at the same time, you're going to yank this little thing called child support out of it, right? And then when he can't keep up with the child support payments because you won't let him and his woman come together and try to figure it out, right? When you won't let them do that because she's like, yo, I got to take care of the kids. Now they're without a dad, right? He's lacking the financial support to really back them up like he wants to because you're overtaxing them. And you yanking child support out of his check. He's still getting a pressure from her that the kids need more and more and more, but they can't even be in the same damn household together. So now he out here trying to make ends meet via hustling because if he don't pay your child support, now you're going to uh, hit him with a felony, right? As soon as it gets to $2,500, now you're going to hit him with a felony. Then when he catches that felony rap, he can't get no job, so he can't get a better job to support the kids. And at the same damn time, you're going to get paid for him being in prison mm -hmm. and then still charge him the child support that he couldn't pay because you gave him the, the record. But while she's still struggling, now the kids out here trying to figure out what they're gonna do. Dad can't come around when they do get to, if they do run it to dad. Dad ain't got no resources, a real game to give them because the system made him a victim when he was trying to do the right thing. And then we wonder why we keep running around the circle because your ass wanted food stamps and seven hundred dollars. Fuck out of here, man! man. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be able to look at a, the, the whole thing, man. You got to, and you got to, man. And, and, and we, and we got to take back the power. That's it. I mean, the power got to go back to the people and got to go and it start with the individual knowing the power that they have and, and harnessing that power, man. Uh, well, I mean, we, man, we've been on here for an hour and 40 minutes. I, I appreciate your time, man. I'm going I'm to go ahead and uh, let you go. I appreciate I man. I really I really appreciate this it was a great conversation. This is what we're talking about right here, man. This is these are the type of conversations I think that 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 move the needle. You know what I mean? And yeah, no doubt we can get things going and get things done man um hold on a second i'm gonna close out right here but i appreciate you coming on um i'll get with you when when we get when i once i finish this up right here but uh
Thank you for coming, man. I appreciate it. Kevin, Katie, yeah. Dick, and Noah, no other choice. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you having me on, bro. And we want to thank you, everybody that tuned in and listened. If you haven't listened to old episodes of the No Spoon Podcast, you can go to the website, www.thenospoonpodcast.com. We get all the content right there. Um, there's blogs. There's uh, other old episodes you can stream. Get it all there. I appreciate everybody for listening. Until the next time, I'm Red Pill Che with the No Spoon Podcast.